if you're investing on your own and the market is bad, no matter how the fundamentals are, there is an emotion, mm. there's an emotion here that kind of veers you away from, you know, Oguna, wait and see, then that's the dangerous part. You now act on your emotions. But if you have another fund manager and your job is just to add on to it, it's his problem. Hey guys, so we're back again with Rex Mendoza of uh, Rampver. For this, for this, I don't know, for this video, we talked a lot about uh, Jollibee, PLDT uh, in the past in the past videos, direct stock investing. But if you're someone who's employed or you have a business and then uh, you don't have any, I guess, I guess proficiency yet in terms of investing, what's the biggest advantage of mutual funds up against direct stock investing? Okay, um, I guess uh, first of all, I, I really want to start with the idea that there is no perfect investment for anyone. Um, yeah, given, given our base of, of, of uh, portfolio, our assets, uh, given our proficiency, our acumen, there will always be the right thing for you. But if you're not there yet in terms of acumen or a base, or if you don't have the time, Let's face it, you won't be actively managing a portfolio really, really well. Now, people will say, okay, just buy very stable stocks and you're going to be fine. However, you're going to miss out on the performance of Alphas. And that's the reason why sometimes it pays to really have a very active fund manager. Now, I guess people will say, oh, the disadvantages would be that the fact that you would pay fees, mm -hmm. right? But think about it. If the mutual fund manager gives you a yield, that pays for the fees, then you got your money's worth. So the important thing is to make sure that you get a good fund manager. The second part of that is the realization that you're gonna be good for your business. You're gonna be good for your profession. You'd rather concentrate on those and earn more from those because that's what your training is all about. That's what you're good at. And let the money management be handled by people who are doing it as a full-time job and get value out of them. So the advantage is you get a fund manager, but the more important thing to me is this, you take the emotion out of investing because they're gonna be dealing with it the whole time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You focus on what you do best and what's important is you add on to it and build up your base. So I guess that's mm -hmm. that's where I'm gonna say that big advantage of funds would be. When you, when you said about when you're starting and then you don't have a base yet, uh, what's what's uh, if they could set like a benchmark or a thresh threshold for uh, okay this is the base that I need when I need to go direct stock investing but I'm not yet there uh, I need to build this on mutual funds first okay if if, if you have like an investable base of less than hundred thousand for me that's that's threshold a lot of people can disagree with that but important thing to me is that you know I have hundred thousand if I have hundred thousand half of that would be in managed funds maybe two or three counters and I let three good fund managers battle it out for the top performing fund per year. But I have 50,000 that I can invest on my own to compete with them. Now I now have a comparison, three fund managers and me. And I'll build this 100,000 up as I go along. If I'm doing well, I'll add more to my side. If they're going to be doing well, I'll add more to their side. The important thing is every month, I am what you call a net earner and I'm building my base. But hey, if your money is like, let's say 10,000, 25,000. It's so hard to put everything on a fund you manage yourself because that's going to be very difficult. You rise and fall with it. You won't have the acumen. So I really believe this. Start 
with something that will make you graduate into the big time, make you graduate into managing your own. But in the meantime that you don't have that and you're not there, try to learn the ropes, try to see what they do, get the reports, understand, read, attend seminars, and then <laughs> later on, you can get yourself doing it. Tapos, uh, when you were you were talking, Kenyano, how long have you been, have, have you, when did you start investing in mutual funds? Uh, 10 years, 20 years already? How? Well, I started investing in mutual funds when, when the industry actually got rejuvenated, you know. It's when, um, you know, it was like, 1996, when when new players emerged, uh, there were dormant fund companies like you know, for for Pami's case it was Trinity. So I obviously invested in the funds we manage. So that's that's like over 30 years now. So in in your experience, investing in mutual funds for the long term, riding out economic uh, times where it's good and it's bad. How has it been, man, for you? Because a lot of people who are new to investing right now get jittery whenever there's bad news. Also, how's it been? I think that's key. Uh, for, for, for most of these mutual funds, what, what they tell you is that, you know, just add on to it. You're a net earner, add on to them. See, if you're not going to be watching the market too much, you take the emotion away out of it. So, um, that just means even in bad times, you continuously invest. Let's, let's face it, if you're investing on your own and the market is bad, no matter how the fundamentals are, there is an emotion, mm. there's an emotion here that kind of veers you away from, you know, Oguna, wait and see, then that's the dangerous part. You now act on your emotions. But if you have another fund manager and your job is just to add on to it, it's his problem. For those who are, I don't know, 30 or in their 40s right now, should they just focus on equity funds or they should allocate on balance and bond funds right now? Okay, um, I guess it's more like an investor temperament when, when people are not that, you know, um, risk, you know, position, you know, if, if they're averse. A uh, balance fund really helps because it's not as volatile, a bond fund can help. But you see, if you're young, I'd rather be in an equity fund. I mean, I'm talking from experience. Over time, obviously, the fixed component gets overpowered with equities. Mm -hmm. And if you're looking at 15, 20 years, mm -hmm. the equity funds will always have mm -hmm. a longer term horizon that pays more, mm -hmm. right? I haven't seen that in our economy where the bond fund actually outperformed an equity fund mm -hmm. over the long run. So if you say somebody's 30 or below 30 or even 40 and you have a 20-year horizon in investments, mm -hmm. I'd go for uh, a risk position like mm -hmm. an equity fund. For people whose mutual funds are up, they're probably investing for 10 years already, it's up. There's a temptation to sell it. What do you advise for them to do? Should they sell and then just probably buy property or just hold on to it and deploy more capital as they can? Okay, there would be two answers to this. Uh, the, the the first one is the, the regular recourse of, of like selling it because it's already earned money. The question I'll have for people like that is this, like, where are you going to put it? Where are you going to put it? Because mm -hmm. if, if you're going to be getting it and spending it now, then it's not an investment anymore. Mm -hmm. It has become a luxury mm -hmm. or it, it has become an expense. So it's taken out of your base. It's taken out of your principal. So think about that. Is it the right time to do, to do this? Is it the time for enjoyment? Is the sacrifice period over? The second one, it's, it's, it's more important actually. Some people would say, oh, the market's up 5%. Can I divest now and I put it back when mm. the market goes down? That's a common question today. <laughs> it's a common question today. See, I tell people this, oh, you're now a fund manager, right? Because mm. it's the fund manager's job to do that. If you do it yourself, you're now managing your fund manager. Mm. 
See, this is the this is a concept of a backseat uh, backseat driver. You got a driver to drive for you, and then all all of a sudden you're instructing him mm-hmm. to do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. He's the fund manager. Mm-hmm. You're the investor. Your job is to build up your base and mm-hmm. add on to it, not to manage him. Because when you buy and sell, buy and sell, you'd rather go into direct stocks mm-hmm. because you're actually mm-hmm. managing your fund manager. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when times are bad. Is it do you what do you advise? They double down on that equity investment or just shift it to a bond or balance fund? That's a, that's one of the top questions also that I <laughs> That's that that's a scary part because again it's the emotion that takes you to the safer side, right? Uh, like last year. Uh, and think you, and, about and you get a lot of quotes now when, when times are bad, bonds are better. So parang there's there's a notion also that I I'll shift it to bonds when times are bad also something like that. What what do you suggest? It's an opportunity because the fixed income side pays more. So it's an opportunity to make that shift. But I tell a lot of people exactly when that time happens is also the time when you see a lot of stock markets. Mm. It's exactly when you see a lot of stock bargains. So I am not going to make my decision based on what's happening to the market. I'm going to base my decision on what's happening to me. Am I close to retirement? Do I now need to shift to a much safer side? And I take this opportunity because rates are high. So that in the in the future, I won't be as turbulent as far as my portfolio is concerned. I'm about to retire. But if I have like another 10 years, another 20 years, why will I get into fixed? You know, it's a good time to build up on my base. And, you know, if you go back to November, to yes. October, you would know that this is true. If you've kept your faith, mm. you're probably going to be up much, much more than a bandwidth in mm. the last two years mm. or in the next two years. Sorry, next two years. Right? Metro Bank is how much? See, from 65 mm-hmm. in October 15, mm-hmm. 65 to about 80 pesos mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. If you put it in the Metro Bank bond, you're gonna earn that in two years. And even the the parent company was below, GTCAP was below 700 at that time. Now it's 1,000 yeah. uh, already. Uh, yeah, a lot of the banks, uh, Security Bank, 130, 140, now it's 170, 180 pesos But per Metro share. But Metro Bank came up with a bond that was mm-hmm. 7.1. Mm-hmm. That paid you what? 5% mm-hmm. over a year, mm-hmm. right? So in two years, you would have been earning a little over 10% net. Mm-hmm. But hey, from October to today, you're earning more than 15% yeah, agree, already. Agree. Right? Now, another question is, uh, I'm into mutual funds. There are funds right now also that's exposed to foreign markets. When do they know that I should actually double into foreign funds or just stick to the Philippine economy because I think the Philippine economy is growing faster than other economies outside? You know, it pays to have a real good view of diversification. Um, if you have enough that you can diversify, I would suggest really having different markets because it, it's, a, it's a global thing right now. You know that you know when, when Europe is down, maybe the US and Asia would be a little higher, but there would be a time when that shift is going to happen. So me, uh, I, I think it, it's plain and simple logic. And then if we stay with objectives to grow portfolios, diversification, if we have the access to it, you know, very important. If you have the access to it, better do it. For people who have, uh, do you, when they go that route, do you recommend that if they have existing dollars, that's what they use? Or they use pesos, swap it to dollars for that very intention of just getting foreign funds? Or would it be better your peso? Just put it in peso equity. Na lang. Okay. So for me, I, I, I do it very differently. I start with the portfolio itself in terms of currency. How much of my portfolio should be in peso? How much of it will be in dollars? Okay. So if I decide peso, 70%, dollars or stronger currency, 30%. 
Now I get to decide, where will I put the 70% peso? Where will I now put the 30% dollar? Mm. So I don't shift peso to dollar. Mm. It's really my dollar portfolio. And now I have to, to allocate that 30% into dollar assets. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it can be direct stocks in mm. like technology companies. It mm. can be mutual funds. Mm. And it can be, you know, diversification in, in territory or geographic mm. markets. Now, the important thing is this. When you do your diversification, see, the important thing about funds is that you can start with what? $2,000, $1,000. So it doesn't have to be big. It's unlike before. That before you can invest in international markets, you have to be a millionaire. You have to be, you know, having a million dollars before that private banker accesses, you know, your base. Today, you can do it for as little as $2,000. Last two questions. Um, number one. Uh, what do you think will be their biggest upside over the next few years if they invest in mutual funds? And then you run Ramper. Uh, can you tell us more about it also? So people who at least want to uh, know more about it and want to invest after this, I'll put the link below on how you can uh, get access to mutual funds as well. So people who actually want to execute uh, can, can invest as well. Okay. Um, I guess this is an opportunity to start. Um, mutual funds are going to do well, uh, as people would say, the market. We're into this real good long-term track. So I, I'd rather that people start. And when you start, you have to start comfortably. And, and, and for me, you have to have good advice. You have to have that good pathway where a little of the emotion is out and more of the objective nature of just discipline comes in. This is where mutual funds are very good at. Um, yes, there are fees to pay, but those fees are well worth it if your fund manager really performs. And the good part about it is this, if they don't, then shift. It's very important that we get to shift to good performers. Now, this is where Ramper comes in. I mean, mm. Ramper is an open architecture okay. financial services For those platform. who don't know what open architecture is, what does it, what does it okay. actually mean also? That just means like for, for, for products and services like mutual funds, we have all of them. We have access to all the funds that are being sold in the market very actively. So when you talk about the top performing ones, uh, uh, we have them in our fold. The dollar funds, we have them as well. So we can focus on the needs of the particular investor because we have all the products anyway. We're not beholden to anyone. We can tell you what they're all good at. Again, a fund house is good for something. I don't think that there is a fund house won't have a big strength over and above the others. It's just that they will have their own quirks. They will have their own strengths and weaknesses. So it pays for us to do the due diligence and tell a client because of your nature, because of your, you know, um, maybe risk position, because of your future uh, plans and objectives, this would be the fund that's best for you. Now, we say that because, you know, we can be indifferent. All of the funds, you know, we can we can exclusively or, or extensively distribute. Now, uh, we, we tell people as well, we don't stop with mutual funds. Mm -hmm. we, we have life insurance, non-life insurance, healthcare. So you now will have to talk to one person only, talk to one company. It's unlike before where you have to talk to like four or five people for different financial needs. Today, you talk to one person and that person's access to all of these services would be coming to the fore so that your best interest will be on the table. So it's, it's very important for us to, to start something. I don't know if your interest is in any product, what particular need there is, but the thing is, Ramper, mm -hmm. and let me mm -hmm. go into the etymology, mm -hmm. Ramp is a line that connects two points, a bridge that connects two points, one higher than the other. So we connect people to a much better life, mm -hmm. a more prosperous, secure, and affluent life. Where is the root of verities? Mm -hmm. Truth. 
genuine intrinsic value. That's the reason why we use the name Rampart. That's what it means. So we are an enabler. We are a partner. And, and let us do that job for you if you're going to give us that opportunity. All right, so that's it. To sum it up, if you're starting, mutual funds are amazing. It's not just about the stock market. No, it's about finding what fits you the most. And I hope that if this encourages you, this inspires you, that you actually start. Because this will, for me, uh, this means this won't mean much if it's not executed and you don't actually start investing. This won't affect your life. This won't push you to invest, and this won't really bring you closer to financial freedom if you don't deploy uh, what you have and actually start. Uh, I encourage you start a small amount. It's the discipline to do it on a regular basis that will make it bigger. It's it's not get rich quick, but it's the process. You have to love the process of. Uh, investing because as you love the process late, later on you will also reap the benefits and if there's one thing you can get from this video it's 30 solid years of investing that it actually works that the process wins and loving it and investing it over time will work so that's it for now i hope this video helps you trade well trade strong trade smart we have rex mendoza here i hope you learned a lot so god bless you thank you